0: Thank goodness that and O.B. make uh any interest in the Bears game so uh <laughs> entertaining. Yes. Every week. <laughs> I was listening uh last week and uh you know, I'm not the biggest sports head in the world, but I could not get enough of and O.B. <laughs> Those guys are. Those guys are hilarious.
1: Yeah, I think we're still trying to repair the one microphone that uh, OB was using the other
0: day. Oh, that's fantastic.
1: Bob yeah. Ferguson told me it's
2: been fixed twice. It's been fixed twice. <laughs> I, love I love it. I love how he's
0: like he's talking, he's talking, and he's working himself up. Oh uh-huh. huh? yeah, it's yeah. so not anything that Hamp is saying to him, or and he, he just he like self implodes.
1: <laughs> because he he understands what he's saying at that point, you know, and the he's guy. Thinking, yeah. He just uh, you know, and it's it's, it's so honest. It's, it's so that's fantastic. what it is. You know, people ask me if it's an act, and I'm like, no, no. it is not an act. There's no, no script to the show. It's so honest.
0: It's from the heart, and uh, there is nothing better to
1: listen to. It's awesome. It's awesome.
0: Uh, how mad are they going to be getting today? Because the Chiefs are not going to be uh, easy to get no, by. No,
1: I, I don't think they'll be quite as upset because I don't think anybody really expects the Bears to be, to win this game. Um, but uh, there'll be some choice words I have a feeling in the pregame show, especially mm. after the commentary that uh, Justin Fields went off on on Wednesday. On, coaches, on, on the, the coaches. coaches, yeah, and then walked it back. And, of course, there's been a change in the coaching staff with uh, defensive coordinator Alan Williams resigning. Right, right. So I'm sure there'll be some things that uh, we'll we'll chat about that during the pregame Fantastic. show. What is your prediction for today's game? Uh, it's not going to be good. It's going to be ugly because Kansas City hasn't really scored yet. I mean, they—they they really uh, they're one of the usually one of the higher scoring teams in the league. Uh, they get their—they got their tight end back last week, Travis Kelsey. So that's uh, an extra a worry for the Bears. Uh, uh, the Chiefs will probably score thirty-five points, and the Bears might score seventeen. Might, mm. might. That's an outrage. Well, I tell you, that's crazy. You can't handle the truth.
0: We can't pass the ball. We can't run the ball, and we can't score points.
1: <laughs> and that's nothing. <laughs> no, that's nothing at all. That's nothing.
0: Uh, the only other person with any knowledge of this uh, on this show is producer Jack. What is your uh, prediction for today's game, Jack?
1: I'm I'm with Andy. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. Schwani. I bet you he thinks it's fine. Oh, I think it's fine. <laughs> We'll uh, be watching. It won't be fine. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be anything but
2: fine.
0: I'll be taking a nap. I'm predicting
1: 40 Zs for Uncle Dean. <laughs> right I don't,
0: right.
2: don't even know if I can watch.
1: <laughs> I have a new name for that that character, by the way. The uh, OB. 2.0. is that That is 2.0B. Oh,
0: no. that 2.0B. Ah, That's good. Yeah, schwani has got that nailed. <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, they're coming up at 11 o'clock today. Andy's new best friends. One of them who keeps breaking all the equipment. It's
2: uh, the singer called Usher. Oh, it's Usher. Yeah, okay. Do you know Usher? I know the name. Yeah, so I think it's fine. (laughs) Oh, Oh,
0: you kids and your music. You kids and your crazy music. Usher is uh, officially announced as the performer for uh, the Super Bowl halftime show.
1: How about that? That's nice. Yeah.
0: Uh, He's got lots and lots of hits. He's doing a Las Vegas residency. I mean, for those of you who don't know uh, Usher, you know, and just go, who's that? Usher. Usher, yeah, he used to give me my seats at the movie theater. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: remember those days, Chwani? I do.
2: Sit down. Guy with the flashlight, yeah. you walk through the aisle? Yes. Yeah, you give it. And I, they were dressed in a coat and a tie. Oh, uh, see. Mm-hmm. Now you
0: really remember. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mostly remember when they would throw me out of the theater for sneaking in the fire escape door. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go in, and then I'll open the door, and you guys can come in. (laughs) The Usher. The Usher would be standing there waiting for us all. (laughs) Usher is uh, one of of the most popular uh, artists out there. R&B. Kind of hip-hop-y, I guess. Mostly R&B. But... um, he is uh, scheduled to perform uh, at uh, Super Bowl. Uh, what is it? LVIII. Yep. Would that be 58? fifty-eight? Fifty-eight. Uh, fifty-eight. And uh, it's going to be in uh, Las Vegas, right, this year? Yes. Allegiance. Allegiance. Paradise. Yes. Uh, yep. Technically, Paradise, Nevada. Yep. Just outside of Las Vegas. So, uh, yeah, so there you go.
2: Where's your latest
0: uh, Super Bowl halftime performer
2: news? I wonder what show number this is in Roman numerals. Of our show? Yeah. Hmm. I never kept track. I guess we could go back and figure it out.
0: Do they have Roman numerals that go that high? Oh, sure. Been yeah. doing this for a long time. I know. I know. I, but... ju- I meant just today's show. Just the first <laughs> 17 minutes of today's show. <laughs> Seems like a long Way time. too long. Yes. <laughs> are we doing a telethon here this morning? What's, what are we doing here today? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because we started doing Sunday morning, I think. You know, I'm the worst with keeping track of the dates and things like that. I think we started the Sunday show in 1998.
2: 98. Okay. I think so. I've been on with you on a regular basis since the end of 2010. You're telling me.
1: (laughs) You're telling me.
2: <laughs> so, so I don't know how I'll many, have to go through it. I don't
0: know way. how many LLV's LLX
2: X, No, it would be like L X L L X X. I I I I I I I.
0: It's too many L's for me. <laughs> the I's have it. I'm L'd out. <laughs> um All right, so on the show uh, today, Dr. Kevin Most is uh, gonna join us. In a little while, we'll have um, the stars of the Lehman Trilogy, which is currently playing over at the Broadway Playhouse. Really interesting uh, show, really interesting performers. Uh, that'll all be coming up for you. But uh, in about an hour, we're going to be talking about, uh, with a young man who I met last night at Pat Tomasulo's uh, Laugh Your Face Off benefit. Pat Tomasulo from the TV morning show. Uh, every year holds a benefit for, uh, to, to raise funds to, uh, for research for trigeminal neuralgia, which is something that his wife uh, Amy has been living with for a very long time. Trigeminal neuralgia is a condition under which uh, the person, the patients, live with chronic pain in their face chronic pain, debilitating, chronic pain in their face. Uh, and there's no cure, and they're trying to create a cure. Last night, uh, they raised $600,000 for this. It's pretty amazing. With, a, benef- with a, a night of stand-up comedy. Pat is an amazing stand-up comic himself. He was hilarious. Uh, there were many other stand-up comedians who were part of this, but also they showed a video of... Uh, a a family that went that went through trigeminal neuralgia to a very tragic end Uh, the mother uh, whose name was Kelly uh, suffered from trigeminal neuralgia and uh, it's the it's the story told by her son who uh, watched his mother in this chronic pain and then endured when his mother took her own life because she couldn't take the pain anymore and he is a singer, a songwriter, and a singer. And he sang a song for his mom last night. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was beautiful. It was touching. And I just wanted to bring some light uh, to all of this. And we'll talk with uh, that young man coming up a little bit later on. So there you go. That's the show today. And then Happen OB will yell at you for
1: two hours. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, did by we, the way. We, did we get the microphone fixed?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Now, what did he do to the microphone exactly? It, uh, I, I don't know. It was just kind of because uh, they don't break when you just talk into them. No, it's they they break when you, you know kind of raise your voice, strangle them a little, little bit. Yeah,
0: was he strangling the microphone?
1: No, he was just uh, he was a little little vocal.
0: <laughs> I've never heard of that in my entire <laughs> career. Somebody getting. Kind of yell, yelling into the mic, basically. Yes,
1: yeah, so I was running. You know, I run the board for the show, and I, oh I, no, you do so much more than run the board. Well, yeah, that's true. But I do. You, I, are, I, the, the you are the show. ringmaster. Yeah,
0: I hey, had picture the old fashioned Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. My and, top hat, and in one ring, there are lions, and another ring there are tigers, <laughs> and, then, and another <laughs> ring there are matinee elephants. Are there, is there such a thing as a Maddeny elephant? There is now. Uh, there is no Andy is the ringmaster in the middle of all that, uh-huh. keeping order so Trying. much more than just running the board, as we say in the business. Yeah,
1: it's, uh, it, it's pushing the buttons, correct? But uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a uh, a yelling situation that uh, that kind of uh, peaked the mic, shall we say, in uh, radio terms.
0: A coaching staff that can't coach <laughs> and players that can't win—that's what I've seen. And that's nothing.
2: No, no, that's nothing.
0: Oh no! Oh, when he gets revved up, I'm telling you, I actually stopped my car to listen. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, when he was getting, <laughs> as he gets revved up, and you know, like revs himself up. Um, have you ever thought of like, having a tranquilizer gun handy? <laughs>
1: no,
0: it, during it, that show, in case things get out of hand.
1: Yeah, it hasn't gotten to that point, so uh, I'm hoping that it, you know, stays the way it is because you know we can
2: have you thought about doing a smooth jazz show during the oh year? that would be oh nice my god some nice uh kenny g
1: music yeah. in the background yeah that, i don't know if that would comment i think that might make them a little more angry that would make me angry <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I went through years of therapy just to get all that out of, out of my head after three years of that <laughs> uh, uh, anywho uh, that's what we've got coming up for you here in our abbreviated uh, show today. The writer's strike looks like... Uh, I'll bet you they're going to end the, the writer's strike today. Hmm. They've been talking for the last several days. The studio said it's their last offer. Well, and well, yesterday, all the reports that I heard from my inside sources uh, are saying that really they, they have come to an agreement. They're just ironing out the language now to put into the contract and they have uh, scheduled talks again for today, and I'll bet you they're going to announce something today. So the writers' strike could uh, finally be over. After when did it start? Last May, something. I think pretty sure that's when it started. So we'll uh, keep an eye on uh, all of that for you here uh, today. We've got, uh, <laughs> I've got, <laughs> I've got the, I've got the top five cologne scents.
2: <coughs> <laughs>
1: Okay,
0: I was trying to figure out some way to transition into that. Do you have
2: were, any high karate in there? There's no. <laughs>
0: I was looking for much, much like some of the running backs. I was looking for a place somehow to get that out there onto the field, and uh, there really was just no way to do it except to say I've. There is a list that was made available, probably by some cologne manufacturers, of what are the top five cologne smells. Hmm. Are you guys cologne
2: wearers? No.
1: I don't, every
0: once in no. a while. No. Never, Schwanny? Not don't since college. sound mad college. About it. No, sound, no,
2: no. I just, I, not since college. Dricard
0: Noir. <laughs> <laughs> was the finest cologne Walgreens sold. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> no, I haven't worn it. used the word Dricard Noir. was there Aramis, too, or something like that? There was. Aramis. Aramis yeah. Polo. I'm, I'm, uh, I like These the are, Polo Black. Polo Black? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't wear
0: cologne very often, but I bought some, here's, how's this for some name dropping? I bought some uh, when I was in Venice, Italy. I specifically waited to buy some there because I was told that that's where Cary Grant bought cologne. Mm. It's a cologne that's called Acqua di Parma. Okay. And it's fantastic. I love it. The water of Parma. The water of Parma. Yeah. Yeah. Cary Grant used to wear that cologne, and if it was good enough for him, it's good enough for me. <laughs> uh, and I could never find it in the United States. And that whenever the last time I was in Italy, it's like I'm going to try to find some, and I found some. And I have uh, a bottle. I hardly ever use it, but I very always,
2: special occasions. I
0: always think I smell like Cary Grant right now. <laughs> if you were to sniff me right now, and by the way, when you when you meet me on the streets, please feel free to take a sniff. <laughs> <laughs> anytime i'm more than i'm very usually pretty sniffable
2: i'm glad we're in different rooms that's all i can say jealous <laughs> uh yeah so
0: uh occasionally i'll wear that but uh back in the 80s whoo i was a walking uh, cologne bomb you ever be around people who they put too much cologne on oh yeah oh
2: mm-hmm Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're asking? Yeah, I'm, I, thought, I, you answered. Might, I yes. thought you might have a little. little no, I I'm numerous stories of, you know, being, you know, passing by someone right. or How about uh, when you get in an, an elevator with them. in an elevator, oh, with, them. Get in
0: an elevator yeah. with somebody on the, the they've
1: got like way too much uh <laughs>
2: Would you say hi karate, hi karate, yeah. High
1: karate. <laughs> The worst is actually when you, uh, when that person, you remember that, don't you? Oh yeah. When that person <laughs> exits the lo- the elevator yeah. and then somebody else gets in, maybe another floor down, right? They think it's you. They think it's you yeah. with <laughs> the, with too much cologne. You're it's right? terrible. Yeah, very true.
2: They just kind of
0: glare at you. Yeah. Yep. The number one uh, cologne, by the way, is something called Gravite. Kay. G r a v i t e, Gravite. So.
2: No idea. Fancy, the fancy way of saying gravity. <laughs> That's
0: so they could charge you a little bit more for it. That's right. <laughs> That's my big addition to the show today. Nice. We'll see what Schwanny's got with the far forecast. Good morning, Dean and friends. Thanks for making my Sunday. Thanks for talking about overdone perfume or cologne. Try being a server. If it's not your table, it's somewhere in the restaurant. There's no getting away from it. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. How about that? You're trying to eat and you've got to smell somebody's Paco Raban. Or, <laughs> or
2: Paco, was it Paco Raban or Paco Rebel?
0: Uh, I don't know. <laughs>
1: it all smells the same. It all,
0: yeah. <laughs> now, by the way, we're just talking about men's cologne, but uh, ladies, you, you do it too. Ladies over perfume sometimes. Uh, how about bad cologne and cigarette smoke? Oh. That's a nice combo. <laughs> uh, 815, I try to teach uh, and try... I I teach and try being around junior high school boys who bathe in Axe, that cologne, that spray, Axe spray.
2: Oh, Axe. Oh, the spray stuff. A-X-E. Yeah.
1: yeah. I used to use that stuff back in the day in the booth at Wrigley Field. Axe? Oh yeah, just because it was a hot you summer. It? it was a hot summer day, and we were really oh, feeling with no it, air conditioning. Oh, That makes it worse. And Santo used to turn around and go, "What is that, <laughs> 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 <I can't imagine. laughs> Ronnie?" Can only
0: imagine. Well, we've definitely we have not heard the end of this. You know, uh, it, it cologne conversation. It's
2: about you know every so often we get something that really gets the text line going. Yep. Very, very welcome to hear all of
0: that. Yes, yes. We are your new uh, Cologne Defense Station from now on. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for your Far Flung Forecast, a weekly compendium of fascinating facts and figures, and here with the latest, as always, Dave Calvin klein Schwann.
2: <laughs> well, good morning, friends and neighbors. Thank you very much, Uncle Dean. Hang on, I have to get my protractor out. <laughs> get out your compasses and, and protractors yeah. and your newfangled devices. We're actually what? going to stay in what? The, your newfangled devices. Like what? Like the automatic... App things on the uh, phone, the automatic <laughs> app things. Yeah. Okay, you great. know what the, okay, the thing my bobbers? Okay, grandpa. Hey, you kids and your
1: automated app thingies,
2: <laughs> iPhone from Well, phone. you know you were playing that hopscotch music there a little while ago. <laughs> what? So. Or no? The, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, hopscotch. Hops- it's hopscotch. Hopscotch. No, basically. I'm sorry. It's hip hop. <laughs> oh That's God. what it is. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Oh, Lord.
0: Where's my cologne when I need
2: (laughs) it? Back to you, Chwani. (laughs) All right. Continuing, before we were so interrupted by uh, cologne talk. Before Grandpa Uh, came in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of cologne does Grandpa wear? I like old spice.
0: I like that old Spice.
2: (laughs) The combination of that and a cigar. You know what I like? I like (laughs) lye soap. Good old lye soap is what I like. There's nothing like it. (laughs) Today, our far-flung forecast uh, takes us, uh, we are in Illinois, but we're going way southwest now to Elsa, Illinois. E-L-S-A-H. Elsa, Illinois. Elsa, Illinois is uh, just across the Mississippi River from St. Louis, actually. It goes back to 1853. Current population is 519. Hmm. But we mention Elsa because the entire town, or most of the town, is on the National Register of Historic Places, just some beautiful old buildings there. It is on the Great River Road and has been voted... One of, if not the mo- one of the most scenic places, and there are many in okay, Illinois, really? especially now on this very first full day of fall, oh, yeah. that might be a nice place for a fall drive along the Great River Road along Elsa, Illinois. Population 519, and we've got 72 degrees there. Nothing better than a nice drive uh, to watch the leaves die. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what kind of cologne they sell in Elsa. I, I, uh,
0: I don't want to project. <laughs> I, I don't know.
2: If you Does go to Dr. The- Most want to join us after this conversation
0: well, now? Maybe we can do a road trip and go to the Piggly Wiggly there and
3: see what there's <laughs>
0: With our weekly visit with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central uh, DuPage Hospital. Kevin, good morning to you, my friend. We've been talking uh, this morning about the overuse of cologne. I would imagine as a doctor, you probably have encountered that with, with patients, somebody who bathes themselves in cologne before they come in for uh, a doctor's appointment. Um, yeah, I guess I have, Dean. It's, uh, I don't think
4: it's a medical condition per se, but uh, we always need to check. There's, is their nasal passages working? Do that's, they smell the same thing we're smelling? Is there something? that they suggest. Lose?
0: Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to suggest, that the, perhaps right. there is some kind of nasal thing going on. Plus, <laughs> since we brought this up, uh, somebody texted in saying uh, that uh, I am an RN... And there were there was another certain R.M. I worked with who bathed herself in perfume that would put me in an asthma attack every time. Is that is that possible that if somebody is wearing too much cologne or I, I guess it's like just a pollutant. Right.
4: Absolutely. You know. Uh, there's many different irritants that are in the air that can certainly trigger asthma, and that would certainly be one. Anything that can trigger the asthma that can can uh, make those uh, airways constrict to cause the symptoms of asthma can be anything from pollens all the way up to something as bad as a perfume, and um, so that it's extremely possible. Yeah, yep.
0: very interesting. Very interesting. So I was talking about uh, Pat Tomasulo's a uh, benefit that he had last night at the Park West uh, called Laugh Your Face Off, a benefit to raise money for research for trigeminal neuralgia, which is a condition that Pat's wife lives with, in which she her face is in chronic pain most of the time, chronic, debilitating, nonstop uh, pain. Uh, can you talk a little about what trigeminal neuralgia is?
4: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, um, great that Pat is using this forum for this because it's a, it's an illness, it's a disease that um, doesn't get a lot of fanfare. And I've spoken to Pat a couple times about it, especially through COVID. And, you know, you just, you go, wow, you know, what his wife uh, uh, suffers from here. The trigeminal nerve is a nerve in our face that provides sensation to our face. So when you touch your face, when you feel anything, when you're smiling, when you're doing that, the sensation of that sends a message from the nerve to your brain to tell you where.
0: There we go. The phone line. How this happens every single week during Dr. Kevin Most's uh, segment, and I don't want to say anything. We uh, we uh, jokingly started a, a pool of you know when do you think Kevin's uh, conversation is going to get interrupted. Uh, you know, jokingly, thinking that it, wouldn't, it wasn't going to happen. I said 944. It's 944. Do I know my technical malfunctions or what? Uh, so we are uh, attempting to get Kevin back on the phone line right now, and that should happen uh, any second. And we'll continue uh, uh, talking to Kevin about the trigeminal neuralgia. I want you all to know a little more about it. Uh, but also, we've already got a bunch of uh, questions coming in. On our text line and uh, we'll get to those coming up. If you have a question uh, for Kevin, if we can manage to keep him on the uh, phone line for more than five minutes, uh, <laughs> we'll get your questions in. Kevin, are you are you back with us again?
4: Hey, Dean, do you remember those old payphones where it used to say, insert 10 more cents or you will be cut off?
0: (laughs) We're thinking of uh, running um, a string with two orange juice cans, (laughs) one with you and one with us, so we can have a reliable form of communication every week. I can't believe that this happens every single week. I apologize to you and also to our listeners. You were explaining uh, trigeminal neuralgia.
4: So the trigeminal nerve is the nerve, like I was saying, I don't know where I was exactly cut off, but it's the, it's the largest one of our cranial nerves that actually gives a sensation to our face. So that is good at times, right? Something gets too close that's warm, it's going to tell us to back away from that. But also when that trigeminal nerve gets inflamed, you get what we call trigeminal neuralgia. And unfortunately, that's an inflammation of that nerve that is firing for no apparent reason, right? There's no pain, there's no...
0: All right. Well, there it goes again. It's happened again. Unbelievable. Let me take a break, come back, and uh, see if we can continue this segment. I really, really apologize. Uh, slash, am so mad that we have not gotten this fixed after all this time. We'll be right. Dr. Kevin Most, we're going to try to get some information here before the phone's... Drop out on us uh, again, talking about this this chronic pain. Now, you know, I, I've seen videos, because uh, I've gone to Pat's benefit, and it's, you know, hilarious stand-up comedy is what the benefit is, but they also show stories from doctors and patients and people who are living with trigeminal neuralgia. And uh, it is, it's heartbreaking to watch these videos and to see people who look like, They are having nails driven into their face. Uh, It's the only way that I can describe it, this pain that you were talking about from this uh, condition, trigeminal neuralgia.
4: Yeah, it's so unfortunate because anybody that's had acute pain, right, you've fallen, broken a bone, you've done something, and you're like, you know what that pain is. Can you imagine if that pain continues, continues, and continues? You know, and that's the most frustrating thing. So with trigeminal neuralgia, with the research that Pat and his, his, his group is trying to look at is two things. One is what causes this. Certainly, we know that trauma can cause it. We know that there's some dental issues that can cause it. We know there's a blood vessel that can push against this nerve and cause it. But a large portion of them happen without any reason that we can't figure out. So trying to figure out, is this a virus that is getting in there similar to COVID where it's causing this nerve to fire? And then on the other side, we're trying to say, okay, how can we treat this? How can we get these patients who have this condition and get them to a point of comfort where they can have a normal life? And right now we're using pain medications, which can be sedating, can be very difficult on the stomach, can be very difficult just on your cognitive, you know, well-being for the day. And then also we're trying anti-convulsive medications that are trying to stop that nerve from firing to send something to the brain to say, I'm in pain. So trying to stop that ignition of, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, if we can block that. But really there's not enough upswell or groundswell to say, this is something we need people to get behind. So kudos to Pat and his team for putting that on. It's the only way we're going to get more information on this, figure out how we can take care of these individuals who are so uncomfortable for the vast
0: majority of their life. Yeah, well, he, he, they showed a, a video last night, the story of a 46-year-old woman who was living with it. And in, in this video, they captured uh, some of the moments when she was suffering from it, excruciatingly difficult to watch. Uh, and the, the story is that this woman, uh, 46-year-old woman, her name is um, Kelly uh, Kelly Crane, uh, ended her own life she committed suicide because she couldn't take the pain anymore she couldn't take the suffering anymore uh you know heart- heartbreaking and that's how insidious uh you know that this whole thing is we're going to talk with kelly's son who wrote a song in honor of his mom he's a singer and a songwriter and we're going to talk to him uh coming up after uh 10 o'clock so uh just one of the one of the many things uh, out there right now to deal with Um, People are texting in, have lots of uh, questions about uh, the COVID vaccine, Uh, quite a few questions. Can I take my COVID vaccine, my RSV vaccine and flu shot all at the same time?
4: Well, I would not. Flu and COVID, I would say go ahead and do that. As you start to add another one, especially the RSV being as new as it is, that we really don't know. What's the side effect profile gonna be for that? You know, certainly in the studies, which were done on a fairly large number, the side effect profile was okay. But RSV is one vaccine that I am saying, make sure you talk to your doctor to make sure that he feels it's appropriate for you. So RSV, we all know we you know from the age of two on, we get it. But those who are older are the individuals that we're concerned about. But certainly talking to your doctor to say, I know COVID and flu are a good idea. Is RSB a good idea for me? Now, grandparents of a new born new uh, baby, where you want to try to protect that baby, certainly a good idea to uh, have that RSB to make sure that you're protecting that child. But as far as the protection to the individual itself, I think that's a personal discussion with you and your physician to say what are the risks versus side effects, and is it a good idea for me to get it at this time?
0: Yeah, you're talking about how you know there's this upswing again in COVID. Uh, during this past week, since we spoke last week, three of my friends have been uh, tested positive for, for COVID. So, I mean, it's definitely out there. It's definitely going around. You know, make, make whatever decisions you want on that for yourself. Um, I plan on protecting myself, and I, I think a lot of people are planning on doing that. Um, you had sent me a note about a cancer drug, which is also being used to treat peanut allergies, to, that, that sounds so interesting and would be helpful to so many. Yeah, and it's really
4: interesting that it's, it's a cancer drug for lymphoma. Now, the interesting thing about it is it blocks this enzyme in our body called BKT. BKT has to be there and has to be firing in order for us to get an anaphylactic response. So this is one of those where going, well, wait a second, Now we have an idea if we can block BKT, whether it's for peanut allergies, and I'll talk about that briefly. But more importantly, I'm getting chemotherapy and I end up allergic to the one chemotherapy that's going to save my life. Boy, wouldn't it be great if we could pre-treat you with this medication to stop that allergic reaction from happening and allow you to get the treatment that you need. Who it was incidentally found with peanut allergies, like you were saying, kind of amazing. People that were highly allergic to to peanuts, um, after receiving this, tolerated even more and tolerated quite a bit. And they said, why? Why is this happening? And they looked to find that that's what it's doing, is it's blocking this enzyme that's causing the allergic reaction. Mm, So fascinating, whether it's going to be used for peanut allergies and how long the way well, you'd have to be on it long, or is this something, hey, I'm going to take it two days before I get the medication that I need to save my life, and that is going to be the use of this drug. So it'll be fascinating to see how it pans out, some work being done at Northwestern um, on it, so it's very it's very interesting.
2: We'll
0: keep an eye on that and keep everybody posted. Uh, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital, and now we can terminate the uh, telephone call.
4: Yeah, Dean, I'll look for the string coming up my driveway here probably next Saturday or I was a, something. I was actually, I'll, I'll make sure I have a good can.
0: I was actually just thinking as a joke I was going to hang up on you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, did, I didn't want it to be taken the wrong way. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, Kev. Talk to you soon. You take care. Bye. Hey, remember, uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago, something we were talking about CB radios? Oh, a while oh, yeah. ago, back yeah. In, back in mm-hmm. the day. In sure. Our,
2: Sure. C.W. McCall, I C. think. CW McCall that up. Convoy. Convoy.
0: Convoy. We talked about our what what is it called? Your ha- uh, Handle, yeah. handles. Handles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was the golden Greek. <laughs> yeah, uh breaker one nine. <laughs> well,
3: I suggested I, we do this. Sh- I was
0: a teenager then, so it would have been uh <laughs> breaker one nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I actually have people request me doing that voice now when I meet I them. I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> Will you do your dorky kid do voice? Do your dorky kid voice. Oh, um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, anyway, the reason that I bring it up again, I was looking for something else on uh, Amazon.com today, because I can't waste my money enough. Uh, and, um, you know, you can buy CB radios. Oh, yeah. You can still buy them. Sure you can. Who would want one now? Now you're going to get
2: one now? Who would,
0: uh, why would anybody need one now?
2: Yeah, that's right, with the phones, what we have. I had a friend who had a CB radio in his car, and then he uh, also installed a speaker underneath the hood oh. so you would drive by and you know it was a very sophisticated mr microphone so you could talk to right. people you on could, the yeah right oh yeah i remember one time we had a we were driving home from school early during a snowstorm he gave me a ride home and there was a person shoveling the snow in their driveway and he turned on the mic and started in with this is the way we shovel the snow shovel the snow shovel the snow <laughs> You should have seen the look on that person. And then so, he got pelted by snowballs. That was
0: a friend of yours, huh? <laughs> I would be, uh, I would totally be, hey, good looking. I'll be back to pick <laughs> you up later. Yeah. The, the famous Mr. Microphone. <laughs> it was like 120 bucks on Amazon, something, but it didn't cost much. Let's well, okay. All, hey, let's you want to go in, in on us. it? Yeah. Let the three of us each will get one so we could talk to each other 24 hours a day, seven days a week. How about that? I suggest we do the show from our cars oh, with CB Radio. fantastic idea. Yes. Then we don't even have to show up here and see <laughs> each other. Best idea you've ever had. This is that group that we have featured before called 613 that take uh, traditional uh, songs for Jewish holidays and uh contemporize them up a little bit this is their uh, song uh shana tova for uh rosh hashanah which is uh it's ending today or it just ended yesterday i
1: think right well i think uh it actually ended uh, a couple of days uh, actually last week this is yom kippur uh the evening at sunset at sunset today yeah it's kol nidre which is the evening uh before yom kippur and Tomorrow, uh, it'll be uh, the Day of Atonement and the Day of uh, right. Fasting.
0: Right. So, Happy New Year. Yes. Is that, is, is that, that Shana stands. Tova? Yes. That's Shana Tova. Mm-hmm. So, Happy New Year. Shana Tova, everyone. And uh, the Day of Atonement, one of the the most solemn days of the year, right? Correct. Uh, for Yom Kippur, which begins at sunset tonight for 24 hours. Correct. All right. I didn't mess that up too
1: much. No, you didn't mess it up at all. Yeah.
0: Um, so we've been talking about uh, Pat Tomasulo's benefit last night uh, for research for trigeminal neuralgia. That's We had Dr. Kevin Most uh, talking about it and uh, what just a, a horrific disease that it is. Uh, Pat Tomasulo from WGN-TV Morning News' wife, uh, Amy, lives with trigeminal neuralgia. I've met so many people through this benefit who do and have learned what a debilitating disease uh, that it is. And uh, last night, the benefit was at the Park West again. It's a night of stand-up comedy. It's a hilarious night of stand-up comedy. But then they uh, slow it down and talk about what the night is really about and raising money for this insidious disease. And it was a showstopper last night as they showed a, a video of uh, a woman named uh, Kelly Crane, who is, uh, was uh, 46 years old and lived with trigeminal neuralgia. And this video told her story. What a vivacious uh, person, so full of life and love, especially for her son Zach, uh, and uh, at the same time lived with this horrible disease and suffered tremendously. Uh, with this uh, tr- awful disease uh, showing the incredible, excruciating pain that she was in. This disease is just a non stop uh, attack of pain in the person's face, as Dr. Most uh, described it to us. And uh, the night was capped off. Uh, Kelly uh, wound up taking her own life. This past January at the age of 46, because she couldn't take the pain anymore, couldn't take the suffering anymore. Uh, But her son, Zach, uh, uh, who is a singer and a songwriter, uh, wrote a song for his mom, which we'll hear in a minute. But, uh, Zach, I I just wanted to bring you on the show uh, today. And uh, thank you for sharing your story with everybody last night. Uh, I'm sure it was uh, one of the most difficult nights that you probably had last night, telling the story and then performing the song for your mom. Right,
5: Dean. Thank you so much for having me on. First off, and secondly, last night was truly magical. I mean, it was very, very difficult. Um, I think the one thing that truly got me through this, though, um, leading up to it, I was, I was very, I was nervous. I'm not going to lie, and I. I perform all the time, and I usually it's my favorite thing to do. But I, leading up to it, weeks leading up, I was terrified. But last night was one of the most surreal moments of my life, and I, I felt her with me. So, and I know that she supported this cause and loved everything Pat and Amy were about. So it was it was it was amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, talk to me about what your mom uh, went through.
5: Oh, she the the best the best part about my mom was. She went through so much, and I mean, from she was one of the most talented human beings ever. She was a dancer. Um, she was a cheerleader for the Chicago Bulls. Actually, she was in a, so she was in a car accident when I was one, and the car accident is what led to her developing trigeminal neuralgia. And despite all of that, I myself growing up, um, she was a cheerleader for the Bulls. She taught dance. Uh, she she did everything. Everything that she wanted wanted to live out her dreams and she made them happen um, despite the pain but I mean every single day it was excruciating pain it was 24-7 for like I mentioned 26 years so absolutely unbelievable monster of an illness and a disease and she she fought it like a warrior so yeah
0: I'll tell you you know um, one of our editors uh, at WGN-TV Mike D'Angelo Put together that uh, amazing video on your mom's life and what she went through that we all watched last night. It was amazingly assembled and put together. And a couple of things that I walked away from after seeing this video. I'd never met your mom, but I walked away with uh, what uh, uh, you know. Some of the some people who are just so full of life and so full of joy. And so full of love. That's the impression of what I I got. The impression like I th- that I knew your mom Kelly uh, from <laughs> that. That she was just a person full of love for everyone, and full of laughter and jokes and dancing, and uh, just you know lived lived her life uh, so so carefree. Am I correct about that?
5: Oh, you are right on the head, Dean. And she. She was always smiling, always, and I mean, literally always she if you didn't see her smiling, I mean you I mean, obviously, we're all human, you know, we all get down and we all have our demons, but she, especially when I was around, she always made sure her her smile was as big as big as the world, so she was always happy, always laughing, always always making jokes and always dancing. Yeah. so
0: the other the other thing that, that I took out of. The other thing that i uh you know took out of this video was her uh unlimited love for you uh you know th- how much she loved Zach and wanted Zach to fulfill his dreams your dreams um you know and she, all, all she wanted was for you to be happy and to to live out your uh you know your 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 dreams uh that am I correct about that also?
5: Oh yep yes sir it's it's she lived for she lived for me, and I always wanted to I always did my best to live for her and to feel as alive as i could and like you said, you know she inspired me to just pursue my dreams and chase chase after the stars so i it's all I did forever and i I will always have her to thank for that,
0: yeah, I can't imagine how devastating it must have been when she took her own life in January. But as you spoke about last night, and we spoke personally uh, after the show, uh, you are constantly motivated by the gifts that your mom gave you uh, in the limited time that you had together.
5: Yes, uh, she, despite everything, you know, it was it was very okay. So. Obviously, I I witnessed her struggling for so, so long. I just, in the back of my mind, I always sadly knew that that day, that could be something that I'd have to face one day. Um, But definitely having it actually happen so early on in my life, especially, and so early on in her life, that was the hardest part for me. Um, But, you know, like I said, I mean, I... I've found my purpose. I have found my why and I've found the driving factor that wakes me up every single morning.
0: You wrote this beautiful song for your mom which we'll hear in just a moment. Uh, As part of the video presentation last night though uh, there was a voicemail message that your mom had left for you and other family members uh, saying that she she was sorry and that she just couldn't take the pain anymore. She couldn't take the suffering uh, anymore. Uh, was was that? How, what was that like for you to hear that? Because I can imagine there must have, might have been a lot of different emotions uh, hearing a uh, hearing a voicemail like that.
5: It was so. One thing with my mom and I, um, and I think I honestly I'm realizing it in this very moment right now. Um, my friends are give me a of time about it, but my mom and I are always we always are the people who send voice memos. Um, and I, I honestly, now I'm thinking about it. I think I got it from her. Um, but you know, it was knowing that she left me that, that warmed my heart. But I, I will be honest. I, it took me until mother's day months later to actually finally listen to mm-hmm. it because I knew that that was the last true thing that I had from her and the last words I could hear from her, um, so I held on to him, but I, I knew I needed to hear it. Um, so I just, I, I did it and I, I am so happy I did. It was incredibly hard to hear, yeah. but like I meant, like I said, I mean, it, it had to be done and now, now it's not like it's gone. I can listen to it whenever I need to. And I have all the other incredible, funny or, right, you know, inspiring voice memos or voicemails that she's left me in the past
0: now had you written the song until then prior to hearing that message
5: i did i wrote that song in april um and uh end of april i believe i i wrote it and then i knew i wanted to just get it out by Mother's Day, it was kind of so uh, really quickly. Um, as I as Pat shared last night, my mom always wanted uh, for Christmas, for Mother's Day, any day you'd give a gift, you know, or something expected. Uh, she would not expect anything. She just she always asked for a song. And my whole life, I until, like like since I started writing music and poetry, I was never able to deliver that to her, and. I knew that this Mother's Day I was like, you know what, mom? Like, I finally know what I want to write about, and I I went in my room and I wrote that song in about an hour, and it's the most powerful of my all time favorite song I've ever written. So, and it's my little gift to her. So. Yeah,
0: powerful is an understatement. Listen to this, everybody, especially the very end of the song. Uh, it's Zach Crane. Until then. that is powerful. Uh, Zach, uh, congratulations on uh, a wonderful tribute to your mom. Uh, I I, I was in tears tears last night, tears again uh, today. Oh,
4: man, uh, thank you.
0: Listening to it. And uh, uh, if people want to learn more about your music and things that you have coming up, what's the best way to do that?
5: um, Excuse me, man. You're a little choked up yourself, Um, of course, yeah. Little bit, um, but yeah, Dean. Uh, you know, if anybody would like to find my music or anything about me, um, I am on social media. Um, Zach Crane, Z A C H, C R E A N. Um, I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Music, um, YouTube. I'm on pretty much pretty much anywhere where you can listen to music. Okay. You can find me. All so right.
0: and keep us posted, yeah. and we'll we'll uh, let everybody know here Hello. as well. Zach Crane, pleasure to meet you last night. And have a great Sunday Pleasure. today, Zach. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Dean. Have a good
2: one. All right, at ten forty, let's
0: get into our abbreviated weekend theater segment. What's going on on stage in Chicago? A little Shop of Horrors still going strong out at the Paramount in Aurora. Hamilton, the musical, the big show downtown right now until the end of the year. But uh, just opened last week uh, a show called Lehman Trilogy that was the Tony Award winner for Best Play last year in New York. And the show has now come to Chicago. It's at the Broadway Playhouse at uh, Water Tower Place. It's the the story of uh, the three Lehman brothers who uh, you know created one of the, the biggest financial successes and also were responsible for one of the greatest financial disasters uh, ever of all time. Uh, this uh, immigrant family uh, who produced these brothers who were able to uh, do so much. Um, we uh, uh, talked with the stars of Lehman Trilogy on uh, WGN TV the other day, and they told us more about it. Talk to me uh, a little bit about this show and, uh, you know, from from where it came and how they, uh, Joey, how how did they even develop all of this? What an interesting uh, plot line for (laughs) us. It's
6: an incredible plot line. It's a a really dense, beautiful play. Um, The three of us play a number, I would say maybe 25 characters, different characters. We play the three Lehman brothers. We play their offspring. We play their... Their um, wives, um, their grandchildren, and, you know, the play is really about the um, capitalism, um, the immigrant story, uh, just so many different beautiful themes. And it's, a, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly exciting to perform, and these guys are amazing, and it's really fun to be on stage with them.
0: Yeah, Mitchell, what really struck me with it is this immigrant story of mm-hmm. this family that really came over with nothing. That's right. And you know, turned out to be everything that ultimately crashed, as you know we all know. Yeah. But um, I mean, that's a, a story which is so timely, yes. even still today.
3: That's the thing that we that we talk about a lot is that this is this is a story about the Lehman Brothers and how uh, two thousand eight there was a financial crash, but it's really about the immigrant experience of everyone in America. You know, we are the melting pot, right? And so these three brothers came over in the middle of the eighteen um, hundreds with nothing, and we're able to capitalize on what we call the American dream and so this place sort of explores what happened to that as years go on and what happens to each new immigrant group that comes to America and tries to achieve that thing and maybe it's become more difficult because of you know the times that we're in
0: yeah it's fascinating. I Anish mean, mean, talk to me about why you think this is I mean the immigrants story to me is so compelling what else makes this such a compelling story for audiences?
7: It's a story about family, about tradition, about values, um, and I think that the the play explores the cost to that, those values and that tradition uh, with the pursuit of the American dream, um, whatever that is for individuals. And I think that we as a society, uh, purely an American society, um, pursue that dream at any cost. Um, and so I think that every uh, person that has immigrated to the country or has been raised by immigrants in this country will identify with a piece of, of, mm. of the story that it's trying to tell.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, how challenging, Joey, is it to play that many characters? Not I mean, at all challenging. <laughs> hard, hard, ta- hard enough to remember one role, right?
6: <laughs> it's incredibly challenging. I mean, it's incredibly, incredibly challenging. I would say, personally, it's yes, it's been a challenge, but a beautiful, amazing challenge. And there's nothing better than live theater. Yeah. And it's it, also the play has a lot of humor in it i mean it's a very there are some very very funny moments and characters and yeah it's exciting it's it's really exciting
0: yeah uh tell me uh a, a little bit about uh the experience of being in the show in a, a fairly small house and yeah. the intimacy that that will bring to an audience
3: yeah we're looking forward to it because you know the Especially a play like this with a lot of its uh, narration, we're speaking out to the audience. So the audience is going to be a character in this play in a way, right? And so we're ready to be in that intimate space and be able to really interact with the audience. That's part of the fun of it. You know, we're working really hard so that this play, I think people get intimidated at the idea of a three-hour play. And we're going to make sure that it's going to roll. Right, we're working hard so that when you get there, you can't believe it's already over.
0: Yeah, you know, some three-hour plays seem like twelve-hour plays. Right,
3: we're going to make ours seem like ten minutes.
0: But <laughs> but others, but others like fly by because <laughs> they're so interesting and the characters are so interesting and the storylines are so interesting. I mentioned that, that we have a rogues gallery of Chicago uh, theater. You're all veterans of the Chicago theater scene. Uh, Anisha just mentioned to me as we were walking into the studio. That uh, we uh, we talked when you were in a Christmas Carol at the Goodman right. yeah. uh, years ago. Talk to me a little bit about the the Chicago theater scene and what you think it means. And
7: well, we are about the work, right? I mean, we support each other as a community. Uh, there there have been a number of theaters here uh, that really are focused on the work. They're focused on making sure that, um, that we tell the story as, as clear as possible. So. I think that there's a tradition here about uh, taking risks, being aggressive with uh, the choices that we're making as performers, and really including the community in that storytelling. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, theater right now is going through some challenging times. And I think a story like this you won't be able to see on a streaming platform. Yeah. You have to come and experience it in person. And Timeline and Broadway in Chicago are working together to really bring this immersive experience, this epic play uh, to an audience, and, uh, and we encourage everyone to come out and see it.
0: Yeah, I, I've seen so many shows out of town that I said, this, this would never fly in Chicago. Mm. This, the, like, the audiences are too smart in Chicago to accept a lot of junk that people are putting out elsewhere. Uh, I think we're so fortunate here in in Chicago with all the great theater companies and actors that we have. Uh, The Lehman Trilogy will be at the Broadway Playhouse at Water Tower. Uh, It is 175 East Chestnut. You can get tickets at BroadwayInChicago.com. That's September 19th through 29th, by the way. For more information, BroadwayInChicago.com or... TimelineTheater.com. Guys, thank you so much for thank coming you. in. Thank, thank you very Look much. forward to seeing you opening. Yeah, Joey uh, Slotnick and Mitchell Fain and Anish Jethmalani are uh, starring in the show. They visited with me on WGN TV to talk about the Tony Award winning play, The Lehman Trilogy, which is at the uh, Broadway in Chicago Broadway Playhouse at Water Tower Place and has now been extended through. November the 16th. So if you get an opportunity, if you're into uh, great dramas, this is very definitely one to see. Let's get a little uh, mini uh, food segment when we come right back from the break. It is 1051. Dean Richard Sunday morning on WGN. Yeah, Yeah, this is Usher. You heard him sing it. He's going to be performing the uh, Super Bowl halftime show this year was just announced. Which team probably will not be in the Super Bowl? Well, Hamp and O.B. and Andy Major will be talking about all that coming up at 11 o'clock with uh, Bears pregame. So stand by for that. Tomorrow, by the way, on the WGN-TV Morning News, uh, I'm going to be cooking a very uh, unusual Monday cooking segment. Normally I do them on Wednesday. And I will be cooking on Wednesday, uh, by the way, as well. But tomorrow we have a celebrity uh, who will be in, an A-lister, will be cooking with me. Cedric the Entertainer is going to be in Chicago. He and Anthony Anderson, from the TV show Blackish, among many other projects, have collaborated together for a new spice mix for barbecue and grilling. And uh, I'm going to be out on the on the grill with Cedric. And uh, we're going to be uh, I'm going to be cooking up some things using his new uh, spice mix. So tune in tomorrow morning. I think it's about 930 tomorrow morning that we'll be uh, back out on the grill. Then my regular Wednesday cooking segment we'll do, uh, as always, uh, we've got the AIDS walk, which is coming up. AIDS run and walk, which is next Saturday, just outside of Soldier Field, 930 in the morning. Uh, we, uh, you know, we've got that coming up. We've got the Chicago marathon coming up on October the 8th. So I thought it would be a good day to carb up. We've got some carb recipes, some special, uh, pasta uh, dishes. Really, it really, it's a, you know, it's a pasta dish. The sauce is what really makes it special. Uh, and, uh, I've also got a farro recipe that I'm going to be doing that, uh, Wednesday as well. Farro is the ancient grain, which is also super high carb. Uh, normally, you know, we're looking for recipes that are kind of low or at least medium carb. Uh, for this coming Wednesday, uh, we're going especially high carb. For those of you who are either going to be in the Chicago Marathon on October 8th or uh, joining me out at the AIDS uh, Walk and Run next saturday morning just outside of soldier field actually the the walk and run steps off at ten thirty, but we'll be out there at nine thirty in the morning with all the opening ceremonies uh, like we've done pretty much since the beginning of uh aids walk so we'll look forward to uh, seeing you all out there now um i wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what we did last week on my uh, tv cooking segment Uh, We did some apple recipes. How do you like them apples is what we called it. Uh, Right now, apples are in prime season. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are going out to Long Grove. They're having their big Apple Fest this weekend or going out and uh, picking their own apples. Stores are loaded with the peak of apples right now. So last uh, Wednesday, we did a couple of apple recipes. Uh, The one that I got the most feedback on was the uh, baked apple French toast casserole that I did, uh, where I took uh, some Granny Smith apples, I peeled them, cored them, I cut them into, uh, I I would say, like at least one and a half, two-inch pieces. I don't want to cut them into too small of a dice, but I I, I cut all those, got all of that ready, and then uh, put together the uh, brioche, uh, bread, cut that into uh, small uh, pieces. Uh, that went into a baking dish with some half-and-half and, half and some milk and vanilla extract and uh, brown sugar and cinnamon. So all of that, I let all of that soak together. In the meantime, the apples I put in a pan with some brown sugar and cinnamon and butter and didn't cook them down to the point where they were soft, but I just took took the freshness out of them, you know what I mean, a little bit. And then mixed that in with the uh, the brioche bread. You can use French bread if you want to as well. All that got mixed together, and then into the oven, uh, 350 degrees for about uh, 40 minutes or so. Uh, with eggs and, you know, so forth. And it rises up into a beautiful French toast casserole with these beautiful chunks of nice, sweet uh, uh, Granny Smith apples in there. Uh, super delicious. I also did an apple cider donut hole. I've got the recipes for both of these up at com slash Dean Cooks. But use some apples right now. They don't get any better than they do this time of year.